Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, also known as IMHIP. In this podcast, we focus on all things surrounding the Illinois Medicaid Managed Care Program. I'm the Sam and Sam Says, and today I'm so excited to welcome back our good friend and policy expert, Director at Sellers Dorsey, Jill Hayden. Welcome back, Jill. Happy New Year. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation and so happy you're going to lead our listeners through all that is happening in 2022 in Illinois. Thanks, Sam. I'm happy to be here. Happy New Year to you as well. Um, Lots of exciting things to get to in 2022, hopefully, including the end of the public health emergency. We'll see. I think that's what we're all most excited and hopeful for is when can we get back to a normal or a new normal? Um, But in the meantime, the policy landscape here in Illinois, both because of, I think, federal policy changes, but definitely because of what the state is pursuing and has been pursuing for quite some time, you know, things are constantly changing and there's a lot to keep up with. And that's why I rely so much on you. Um, and why I hope this discussion will be exciting for our listeners because it is definitely, uh, a year of change. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And I think that the, the pandemic is probably the biggest issue. Um, the biggest unknown, I would say that's going to affect, uh, policy, health policy, definitely, um, you know, all kinds of policy, we should say. But um, when it comes to Medicaid specifically, it's really one of the biggest unknowns. It's going to have the biggest impact on Medicaid members, providers, health plans, um, really, you know, everyone involved. Um, And certainly the Department of Healthcare and Family Services is really tracking what's happening from a federal perspective, because once they get that notice that, you know, the feds have decided that, you know, the public health emergency is going to end, they'll get notice and have to start working furiously to um, implement some of those um, more administrative functions that have been put on hold since the, the PHE. Um, you know, the first being redeterminations. So that's probably the biggest issue for health plans coming up in 2022 is, you know, what happens with our members, um, making sure that people are aware that, um, you know, redeterminations will begin again to be looking out for that mailing to be coming to them, getting their addresses, phone numbers and contact information up to date um, to make sure that they get that paperwork and get it turned in to ensure that they um, can keep their eligibility and that continuity of care. So probably the biggest issue we're looking at in 2022, not knowing when it will actually happen. Right. And, and to break that down further, redetermination, and this is essentially a Medicaid member um, sending in information and the state determining, yep, you're still eligible for Medicaid. That process is complicated to begin with in a normal environment. The state has to do it every year. It's complicated. We don't have the, we might not have the right address. The member might not understand what to do. The member might send in some information, but not all of the information. The member might do everything right and it falls through an administrative gap at the state. That is a normal environment. Now we have gone nearly two years without any redetermination. So we have a larger number 
of people on the Medicaid program than we normally do, which means we need to do more redeterminations, which means our state administrative offices are going to be more stretched, which means more people have moved, um, which means providers and health plans who help these individuals navigate this have more people to help. Um, there's a lot happening at once. And what's critical is that these are, these are, this is people's health care. And so it's going to determine who's enrolled in Medicaid, what providers can provide services and who's going to be reimbursed. Um, I mean, because it's, are, is there, do they have coverage or not? Um, so I anticipate whenever this is turned back on, which we don't know, it is going to be potential for bumpy, um, but also a focus, not just of the health plans, but of the providers of advocates. Um, There's going to be a lot of focus on it. And we know HFS is paying attention to it, but it is, is complex. Yeah, for sure. And I would say in addition to, you know, just the the eligibility issues related to the wind down of the pandemic, you've also got some policy decisions that have to be made as well. Um, Some of the flexibilities that were implemented during the pandemic that, you know, allowed greater access to services, you know, the department's going to have to make some decisions about what they're going to continue afterwards. Number one, probably being telehealth. Does it look the same during the pandemic and after the pandemic? And what are the rules and regulations that need to change related to that? So that's definitely um, part of the concern as well. Um, And then also, you know, the state is realizing an additional um, federal match right now. Um, They're getting a 6% FMAP right now, in addition to the regular match that we get. And so that will be a wind down too, and that'll have budgetary uh, implications as well. And so all of that is sort of wrapped up into this greatest, biggest unknown related to the pandemic. So we're watching all of that. Yes. And and the budget percent piece cannot be understated because while 6% sounds minor, when you're talking about a 15 billion with a B dollar program, 6% matters. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And so, you know, all COVID, I think, shined a light on all kinds of things. Um, um, unfortunately, some some things not so great, um, some realities that we realized in, in healthcare. Um, and so, you know, I think if you look at some of the biggest themes that we're going to see in 2022 from a Medicaid perspective, it's really going to be about quality equity and access to care. And we know that the department is going through some um, nursing home reforms right now and working with the General Assembly on what that looks like. So there'll be some major policy changes associated with that as well. We're watching that. And then, um, you know, along with those reforms, you want to make sure that people are staying in the community as long as possible um, and also moving to the community if, if at all possible. So, um, you know, that'll be a huge priority for, um, for the state. It's always a huge priority, um, but coming along with that is obviously um, access to those services. So as we all know, workforce remains one of the biggest issues for the whole country right now, um, but especially in healthcare and making sure that people, um, you know, have the resources and the workforce necessary to support them wherever they are in the healthcare system is going to be a huge issue that we're going to have to watch in 2022 as well. And, and as we think of that from an equity lens, you know, I think there's got to be some discussion and there will be discussion around what does our reimbursement look like for community services versus institutional services, um, especially in that long-term care setting. And how do we make sure we have the community services available to keep members who want to stay in the community, in the community in a safe manner, but then also how do we support members who want to leave 
nursing homes um, and make sure that there are wraparound services for them. Not just, um, you know, in Illinois, we have wonderful um, homemaker and aging services for folks that, that go into the home and help people stay at home, but it's not necessarily just that. It can be home health. It can be other services. It's much more complicated than just one piece and, and looking at that in a holistic manner um, while also really looking at how we reimburse nursing homes. That in and of itself is a thorny subject that normally we would do in one year. Um, but we have more than just that going on in our Medicaid program. Yeah, absolutely. And outside of, um, you know, that population, the long-term care and um, sort of the waiver population, um, you know, some of the other things that the state is doing in terms of making sure people have access to the care and meeting people where they are, um, they're initiating, you know, some new um, provider types that include community health workers and doulas and home visiting program. And so, you know, that's all very exciting. Um, I think that's one of the positives that came out of COVID is realizing the benefits that um, those types of programs can have for ensuring that people are getting the care where they are um, and making sure that they have people that can support them in terms of getting them access to the care that they need and really coordinating that care in conjunction with their with their health plan. So that's an exciting um, thing that we're watching as well. Absolutely. And I, I just can't underscore how exciting that is, right? Like that Medicaid is covering doulas. We're covering home visiting programs for um women right after, um, you know, birth and, and helping them adjust to motherhood as somebody who has their own, um, infant and newborn, like adjusting, um, is hard and adjusting when you're in the Medicaid program and you have other challenges, um, it's rough. And so giving these women, um, the support that they need, these families, the support that they need is so critical. We really are in Illinois leading on some of these things. And I think, you know, as an Illinoisan, we often can feel um, a little overwhelmed with some of the challenges we can face as a state. But what we forget is some of the areas that I think we really lead um, and have best practices. And in this space, this is one of those areas I'm really excited about. And it, it did come to light because of the pandemic. It was sort of, um, you know, making lemonade out of some really painful lemons. Yeah, and um, it really builds off of the um, 1115 waiver in Illinois being one of the first states to expand postpartum coverage for a full 12 months. And so that's really exciting as well. And then on top of that, we're going to see a new um, state plan amendment next year, or actually 2022 at the end of the year for um, family planning as well. And so it really puts a whole package together. Um, That's really um, a positive for the state of Illinois. Absolutely. We've covered long-term care. We've covered um, maternal health. Are there some other policy changes that are coming into play in 2022 that you're pretty excited about? Well, we're going to see the continuation of the transformation collaboratives um, out of the department. So um, there, you know, it's a huge initiative. Um, we've seen a first round of grants that have been awarded, um, and, and they're currently going through the second round of grants. But it's really, again, to meet people where they are, to meet communities where they are, and allow communities to come together and propose ideas that fill in gaps in care or barriers to care and come up with some innovative solutions for providers stakeholders, 
uh, enrollees to, um, to work together to really meet the specific needs of those communities. So again, very exciting for the state of Illinois. Um, this is a new initiative and really is focusing on that quality and equity piece that we talked about in the beginning. Um, again, ensuring that people have access to care and to services that um, aren't normally um, thought of in the Medicaid space. So um, that's exciting as well. And then, um, you know, lastly, I think, you know, of course, behavioral health is always a big issue, right? Um, especially coming out of the pandemic, what is that going to look like um, for individuals? Um, you know, there's probably going to be more demand, more of a need for those services. Um, so we're watching that. Again, workforce is going to be a big issue. Um, and then there's the Pathways Program, which is the... Um, the, the behavioral health um, program for children with mental health diagnosis, um, really supporting the NB consent decree and um, getting that up and running and what that's gonna look like in 2022 as well. So that's a major initiative for the state of Illinois that we're obviously watching. I feel like that really details why we're gonna be chatting with you quite a bit this year is there so, so much. And I wanna break down a little bit more that Pathways Initiative and sort of an NB consent decree and, and the challenges and opportunities that it presents. And really um, what it all comes down to in um, my completely like just most basic breakdown is that the court has decided that Illinois' care system um, for children specifically around behavioral health um, needs improvement. And we need to better serve as a state children um, with behavioral health care needs um, and, and serve them within the community um, and really have a better approach than we currently have for their care. That is, of course, complicated because it's, it, you know, it, it's building a system and strengthening a system that doesn't fully exist today. I mean, in the way that what Pathways looks like is really a complete transformation. Um, it doesn't look like anything we have right now. And so that is complicated um, and, and has been a discussion for years. Yeah, Pathways really is envisioning um, additional care coordination services for these kids and their families um, and um, some new services at the community level to ensure that they have access to those services if they, you know, once they, they are diagnosed. But, you know, like you said, it's, it's going to take a village, right, um, to really put this plan together that involves um, new provider types and new services and um, all kinds of new things that we haven't experienced here in, the, in Illinois. And so the plans are, you know, working with the state on what that's going to look like. You know, once it's up and running and successful, it'll, it'll be a good program for, again, for these kids and their families really navigating the healthcare system in the way that they should be. Um, but again, it, you know, we, we have to go back to the workforce issue and what does that look like in 2022 and, and really all of those concerns that come along with that um, in the reality of COVID and, and putting that program together. So I think all of those things have to be considered, but again, moving, definitely moving in the right direction. Absolutely the right direction. I mean, there's such a need in Illinois. I mean, there's a reason that the court has decided that this is something that the state has to implement. And I think at the end of the day, the goal, the collective goal is to better serve children. And I think that's, I think that's a perfect spot, you know, to really end because I think each other policy that we want to discuss, we have to dive so deep into, you know, healthcare transformation. I definitely want to follow up um, in the future on, on what we're doing around pathways and better serving children. Um, but I think what is important, and as we sort of wrap this up, 
uh, for today is the recognition that these policy changes, the goal of them is to improve Medicaid members' lives and then to improve and strengthen the healthcare system that these now well over 3 million people rely on. Um, and the recognition that the system is complicated and that no one change or entity can do it alone, right? Like, so the policy saying this is our policy at the state level, that doesn't work unless the plans and the providers um, are there to implement it. I just got excited. I think collaboration is probably one of the biggest words that we should continue to use during 2022. Um, as you mentioned, you know, it, it really is going to take all stakeholders to weather the storm um, as we, you know, come out of the pandemic, as we're implementing these new programs with the realities that we have around resources and workforce and really relying on each other and the expertise that all of us can bring to the conversation to make sure that we're implementing this in a way that is in the best interest of, of Medicaid enrollees, of their families, um, really doing it in a way that makes sense for the state of Illinois. So totally agree with you. Absolutely. And I just want to like underscore, like people can't um, see me right now. I think we're going to fix that in the future, maybe have video, but um, I want to like underline the importance of focusing on the member. And like, as we make all of these policy changes, that is, has got to be our focus um, as we collaborate um, because if we lose sight of them, our policies aren't going to be as strong as they could be. Um, I think that's got to be the focus of every conversation when it comes to Medicaid, and especially this year with all of the the issues and concerns we have related to, to COVID and um, all of the different challenges that that brings to the conversation, for sure. Oh, well, as always, so insightful, Jill. I'm just so glad that you were able to join me today on Sam Says. We're going to, of course, keep an eye out for these policy changes and look forward to having you um, join us throughout the year to sort of update on what's working, what's happening, where are challenges, unforeseen cha- um, opportunities, because uh, I'm always an optimist, hoping that there'll be even more things to be excited about than we are currently excited about, um, and unpack what this is going to mean for our Medicaid members. And I'm, I'm sure there'll be more changes to come. So again, thank you so much for joining us. And then for our listeners, always to learn more about what I'm Hip is doing and to listen to other interesting podcasts like this, we encourage you to visit our website at imhip.net. And don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I'm Samantha Olds-Fry, the Sam and Sam Says. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, be well, stay safe.